You're listening to Liberty USA, sponsored by County Citizens Defending Freedom. You as an American have freedom in your DNA, and we are here to help educate, empower, and encourage you to stand for your freedom. Hi, County Citizens. Welcome back. Today, I'm back with Seth Keschel. Seth, thanks for joining me. Good to be back with you, Lindsay. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I did. I hope you did, too. So last time we talked, it was pre-election. So I want to get an update from you post-election. What went on in Florida, Georgia and Texas? Well, obviously, in Florida, you're right there in the in the middle of it. You can't get any more central in Florida than you are right there at CCDF headquarters. Really big wins for the Republican Party. You got 16 points in favor of Marco Rubio for the U.S. Senate, 19 in favor of the governor's reelection, and a 21-point win for the Attorney General, Ashley Moody. So Florida is roughly R plus 18 in the midterms, which is massive and really not surprising to me given the shift with the Latino working class, especially in South Florida. Now, with Florida, though, you have a Republican Party registration advantage for the first time in the history of the state. And the passage of some pretty solid election integrity legislation is not all encompassing, but ballot harvesting being turned into a felony is a very big thing that helps control the cheating with the mail-in voting especially. Now, I'm shocked to see Florida go by such large numbers to Republicans, but not a ripple effect in the industrial Midwest and the upper Midwest, which has a working class correlation to Florida historically, which suggests massive election fraud in those states related to ballot harvesting and manipulation of electronic data. So Florida does not compute with the results seen in other states that typically tie to Florida's drift, which is hard to the right. Mm Interesting. Okay. Now, what about Texas? Because there was supposed to be this huge red wave around the United States. What are your thoughts on that? Texas was kind of a stalemate. It's to the right of where it came in in the presidential election in 2020, which 2020's presidential election in Texas was absolutely filthy. And I've been screaming from the soapbox about that for almost two years. But Texas in 2022, Governor Abbott's a fairly popular incumbent, and Beto O'Rourke really overplayed his hand. You have that, but still in in one of CCDF's major counties, Harris County in Texas, major fraud going on in Harris County. Tons of people screaming from the rooftops, so much so that the governor had to deploy a special election unit there to investigate the election issues in Harris County. Now, will anything actually come of that? I'm not sure. Right now, we're kind of in sternly worded letter territory to see if anything actually happens with Harris County. But Harris is the third largest county in the United States and has the potential to be a huge electoral problem for the state of Texas in the coming decades. Lots of issues there throughout the state of Texas, a lot of concerns with the use of the electronic voter registration database and other issues. Although fortunately, Texas is not as heavy on mail-in voting as we see in other states like Georgia or Arizona. Since you brought up Georgia, that's another state CCDF is in with Stacey Abrams. What were the election results like there? Well, Stacey Abrams lost convincingly by more than five points to Brian Kemp. The last time she ran for governor in 2018, it was a razor thin race. And of course, she never she never acknowledged defeat to Brian Kemp. Not that I'm saying that people need to acknowledge defeat, because, of course, all the the trend today is to make election deniers look stupid and have our people concede defeat when they've not actually been defeated. But Stacey Abrams lost in convincing fashion to Brian Kemp, which is also curious to me, given that Brian Kemp doesn't really have the full support of the populist conservative base, which is the America first base, the grassroots base. 
Now, the concerning race in Georgia is the U.S. Senate race, which is headed to a runoff next week. Mm -hmm. That would be Herschel Walker versus the incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock. Walker and Warnock both finished short of 50% for the November 8th cycle of this election. Now, do we know if that's a legitimate result or not? It's hard to tell because Georgia relies too much on mail-in voting and electronic voting systems. The issue with the electronic voting systems today and the voter registration databases is that our elections are practically not auditable. So nobody knows who's voting for who. So if I handed you $500 bills, you would assume I gave you $500 until you found out two of those are counterfeit. So until we could actually say, here's 20 people, let's figure out who they voted for and match up who they voted for, we don't have the transparency we need to make heads or tails out of anything. So we have the runoff coming up. And of course, the Democrats have spent the last three or four weeks getting ready for that runoff. The Republicans, unfortunately, have probably been busy baking off pies. So I'm not sure that we have the ability to keep up with them in terms of the ballot harvesting and early voting machine that they've created in Georgia when we're trying to get out there and vote only on Election Day. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how that race is going to shake out. Me either. Uh, quick question for those who don't know about runoffs. Why was Herschel Walker's race thrown to a runoff when there were a lot of other races throughout the United States that also came in close margins? Well, Georgia's law stipulates that the candidates in those races have to make 50 percent to win the seat. So Walker and Warnock both came in under 50 percent thanks to the presence of third party candidate. Interesting. OK. That makes more sense. Now, in Arizona, there's been a lot of stuff going on with Carrie Lake. What do you think happened there? Well, I think that the election was highly manipulated. It was a heavily fraudulent election. Carrie Lake has more votes in Arizona than Donald Trump carried Arizona with presidentially in 2016. What is particularly striking about Arizona is that Arizona's Secretary of State presided over her own election for governor in the state did not recuse herself from that, and nobody even looked left or right twice. I mean, the media didn't care at, at all about the impropriety suggested by such a thing. Right. What's worse is that Arizona counted votes for, they're still counting votes, actually, but they counted most of the votes for a week. It took them a week to make the call in the race, and the turnout on election day in Maricopa County was more than three to one in favor of the Republican Party. And the only Republican statewide candidate of any significance with a high office is the treasurer that won. And she won by 12 mm -hmm. points. So what apparently materialized was a three to one plus Republican wave on Election Day that showed up only to vote for treasurer, but to split their tickets in a way that the Democrat top of the ticket won. Arizona had some of the most important races nationally. Carrie Lake, in my opinion, the most important symbolic candidate in the midterms nationally. Mark Fincham for Secretary of State, the most important tactical chess piece on the national board. So, of course, we have a count for more than a week that trickles out at just enough margin for Katie Hobbs and company to be declared winners. We have zero transparency in this. I'm confident that they know the total of the votes. They know the total score of the election the day of the election. And then they tell you the narrative through the media, which is why you doing what you're doing in the, in the media and putting out your own opinion pieces is critical. And they tell you that the race is going to have to be counted for a week because we don't have the ability to count the ballots fast enough. You're trying to tell me the fourth largest county in the United States still doesn't have the ability to count all the votes. I don't believe yeah, that so at all. Florida counted three times more votes than Arizona has in mm -hmm. a matter of hours, in about two hours, they could call all the races. 
Now, Arizona, of course, is a third of the votes of Florida, still counting votes. Nevada is an eighth of the votes of Florida. It took them just as long as Arizona, if not longer, to get able to call the races. Even worse, Alaska. Alaska has a 30th of the votes of Florida, and they just got around to calling their races after three weeks of counting. It's a travesty what we've allowed to transpire in this country in regard to transparency in our elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you touched on my next question, but when you bring up that it's taking states three weeks to count votes, how are they physically counting votes for three weeks? Is it is that people finding new boxes of ballots? Is that not having enough manpower to count? Or do you think that's a made up lie? It's a made up lie. Look, what's going on with our elections is no different than children meeting on the schoolyard and making up rules to their games as they're playing as they realize that they need to change the rules to be able to win the game. That's what happens in these elections. So they'll say that they don't have enough election workers. They had to use COVID in 2020 to be able to justify not enough people present, right? So that was one of the big lies that they they believed. But as far as counting votes, it's simple. Buy the equipment, run the scanners, put the ballots through the scanners. Now, one of my 10 points to true election integrity does away with all electronic equipment, and that requires a hand counting of ballots. But that's also going to have to bring about smaller precinct sizes and a sufficient number of election workers. We have billions of dollars that we can spend on illegal immigrants, people that come across the border illegally into this country. We have all sorts of handout programs, which, of course, most of them are complete disasters the way they're administered. Are you trying to tell me that we can't come up with funding to pay election workers to at the precinct level to hand count ballots and report accurate numbers with a proper number of people observing for transparency? This is America. We pioneered manned flight. We landed on the moon. And we won back-to-back world wars, and you're trying to tell me that we can't run an election in the year 2020 or 2022 that people can trust. Mm-hmm. While we're also sending $40 billion to Ukraine. Yes, of course, we have the Ukraine issue as well. But we will Just, defend other nations' borders and their elections. If what was going on, if what was going on with our elections was happening in Afghanistan, where, by the way, they have better elections than we have in the United States, then there would be a national a conference called immediately to discuss the injustices of what's going on to the Afghani people here in America. You just need to shut up and accept it or you're an election denier, which I'm a very proud election denier for more than two years now. Right. So what do you think? What's Carrie Lake's plan now? How, how do you accept that there was so much fraud in your state and then just move on? You don't. And thank God she's got the conviction to actually fight this. Blake Masters Mm -hmm. who ran for Senate conceded his race as fast as he could even though he complained and whined about all the said they call it anomalies and irregularities when they don't want to get right to the heart of the matter, which is a completely corrupt election system. Now, Carrie Lake has now challenged the election results in court. There are a number of lawsuits flying around in Arizona. Now, I do not have confidence in our system, in our court system to do the right thing, although you have to completely wage this battle in the legal realm first. That's your first that is your first course of action. They have certified the election results in every county except Cochise County. Maricopa County very publicly two days ago certified the election results. So now that that is done, the crime is committed. So here come the lawsuits. Now, Carrie Lake's case should be very simple. There's a disenfranchisement issue at hand. They have a very easily referenced and documented number of specifically Republican voters in Republican precincts that were turned away because of machine and tabulator issues. And a number of num- uh, a number of pollsters 
swear by it that had the poll stayed open just another hour, all the Republican candidates would have won. Now, I disagree because I think that they knew the number of votes and would have made sure they did not win. But one of the reliefs that was requested early on was to keep the polls open longer. So why not allow Republican polls to stay open until 11 p.m. to address the issue with the machines? Well, of course, because you know that the votes are going to come flooding in. Carrie Lake's numbers to me in a Biden midterm look like she should have won by 10 points or more. And that would have dragged across the entire Republican ticket, including Blake Masters for U.S. Senate. Gubernatorially speaking, when a Democrat is in the White House, the Arizona governorship since 1950 has gone Republican seven out of eight times it's been up. The only time it didn't go Republican was for a popular Democrat incumbent in 1978 named Bruce Babbitt, and he won by about eight points. So Arizona's governorship with a Democrat president in the modern political era is a Republican seat. Mm -hmm. With the hype that was around a red wave is coming, a red wave is coming, right? And we saw lower numbers than what were expected for a massive red wave across the United States. Do you think that could help Republicans in the next presidential election? All talk of a presidential election without serious reforms to our elections is just going to lead to heartache and disappointment. It doesn't matter who the Republicans run at this point. If the elections are continuous, continually run by machines and the voter registration databases are corrupted on the front end and the key states in the country run mail-in quasi-elections complete with ballot harvesting and weeks of early voting, then the results are not trustworthy, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. So how do we clean up elections under the Biden administration so that we are ready for the next presidential election? Well, the first step is, is going on right now. You need to hope for something big to come out of Arizona and the court system because you have a clear disenfranchisement issue. This is not somebody showing up with a dossier of statistical anomalies. This is disenfranchisement of voters at the polls. Imagine in Philadelphia, if a Republican secretary of state controlled the election and the Republican candidates were up by 10,000 votes and 10% of urban Philadelphia didn't get to vote because of a disenfranchisement issue. Imagine the response by the media and the courts. They would have already addressed that right out of hand. This is mm -hmm. a clear conspiracy against the American people and against the voters in Arizona. Mm -hmm. How can the average citizen who's watching Arizona and watching what's going on in our nation fight every day for election security? First thing that has to happen is the voter rolls have to be cleaned out. We're going to be launching some postcard campaigns to be able to identify fraudulent registrations and show up with piles of fraudulent voter registrations because of the postcards being returned there. There's a number of folks there with Defend Florida, like Chris Jersky. He's identified the way that voters are registered electronically and falsely so they can vote by mail. That's the most critical thing. And then, of course, being able to take this to courts and get a ruling that is wide sweeping, that is able to clear out corruption from one corner of the country to the other. But it's also possible that the system is too far gone. But you have mm -hmm. to continue to fight this with the truth. It's very clear. If we had elections that were free of electronic manipulation with only eligible voters on the rolls and no mail-in balloting for any reason, then the election results would be much more trustworthy than they are today. This is not about ultimate winners and losers. This is about the ability to verify that so-and-so actually won their election. And we can't do that. Well, what do you say when people go, 
there's no election fraud because in Florida, DeSantis won. In Texas, Governor Abbott won. What's your answer when they say Trump's candidates who he's endorsed are winning? So the, the fraud Repu isn't widespread. Party, the Republican Party is part of the political equation here. In my opinion, to, to manipulate elections nationally to a certain outcome, that is electing magistrates that are going to continue to drive this global agenda of downgrading the United States in the world requires Democrats and Republicans to hold office. So I'm not worried about Florida's election when I'm talking about Pennsylvania's election, because our presidential elections are made up of 51 separate elections, actually more than that when you consider the split electoral votes in Maine and Nebraska. But our presidential elections are made up of more than 50 separate elections. So Florida can have the best system of elections possible. If Pennsylvania is corrupt, Pennsylvania disenfranchises Florida. And that was actually the basis of the lawsuit, Texas versus Pennsylvania, in December of 2020 that was sent by Ken Paxton's office, alleging that Pennsylvania's maladministration of its own election disenfranchised Texas's 38 electors. And I 100% agree with the basis of that case. And of course, the Supreme Court took it and threw it out for lack of standing. That's what the courts have come to in this country, not even hearing the most critical issues that Americans are concerned about. And more than 60 percent of Americans believe that cheating impacted the 2022 midterms. Mm -hmm. So this has now become an issue that is bigger than Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's true that if the Republicans lose Arizona, the Republicans won't have a shot at the presidency run? Well, it's not mathematically true. Now, if Arizona were guaranteed to be a blue state in 2024, the quickest path to the White House, to 270 electoral votes in 2024, is for every state that Trump carried in 2020 to stay there. Now, Trump carried a lot more states in 2020 than the map shows. I believe that Trump carried at least seven more states than the map shows. But with, with 235 Trump's map from 2020 at 232 electoral votes is now worth 235, thanks to the changes in the census. It should be worth more than that. But if Trump can carry Pennsylvania and Georgia, he clears 270 electoral votes. Pennsylvania and Georgia puts him at 270. So that is without Arizona. Arizona mm -hmm. should have been a Trump state by more than double digits in 2020. So I'm not happy with even creating a scenario that lets Arizona go. But mm -hmm. Pennsylvania plus Georgia is 270. Pennsylvania plus Michigan is 269, which is a tie. So that is the quickest route to 270 electoral votes, and Georgia's critical. Okay. I'm glad you understood what I was saying. I know I jumbled it a little bit, but people have just been saying on social media, if we lose Arizona to Katie Hobbs, then there's no way that the Republicans can have a track to the White House, so it's good to know that there is other tracks to get there. Well, Pennsylvania is more corrupt than Arizona is, so that's not exactly giving you, uh, you know, a, a confident smile and pat on the back but just just in terms of reality yes there's a path but the path is narrow because they've absolutely gone into the rust belt since trump won those states in 2016 and cinched them up quite a bit mm -hmm. all right well seth thank you for joining me today thank you Lindsay. appreciate you having me on see you next time thank you for tuning in to liberty usa sponsored by county citizens defending freedom Give us a like or drop a comment, follow us on social media, and share with your friends. If you liked what you heard, support our mission in empowering American citizens to defend their freedoms and liberty at the local level. Learn more and fund your freedom today by donating at ccdfusa.com. Remember, freedom is in your DNA.